into the arms of Davis. And a superior team all season long was a superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rookie record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. And Sam, it is week four of the college football season, and Kentucky's matchup this week is with Northern Illinois University out of the MAC conference as they travel to Lexington to take on the Wildcats. The Wildcats are a perfect 3-0 this season, as they have handled their business, gone on the road once, beaten an SEC foe, and now we come home for our final game before we start to get to the meat and potatoes of SEC play. But before we get there, we do need to focus on the opponent that is coming to Kroger Field today, and that is Northern Illinois University. And with that being said, I'd like to bring in Sam. And Sam... I think the best place to start as far as this matchup goes is talking about the Northern Illinois offense as they are going to be matched up, obviously, with the Kentucky defense, a defense in which has put up some pretty impressive numbers through the first three weeks of the season and has really started to turn some eyeballs nationally. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for bringing us in there, AJ. I think that's a great place to start. Um this Northern Illinois team was picked to win their division in the MAC, uh, and I think it was specifically because of their offense. AJ, um, starting at the helm of their offense is none other than Rocky Lombardi. Um, for some of you, that probably doesn't ring a, a bell. For others, it may because Rocky Lombardi is actually a redshirt senior transfer from Michigan State University. AJ's old stomping ground. So uh, I know AJ has watched him play a time or two in the green and white, but nevertheless, he now starts for Northern Illinois. Um, He did actually have an injury last week against Vanderbilt um, where he went out in the second quarter. He's been listed day to day. Um, The team management staff actually received good news on his status as of Tuesday, but as of Today, he has still not been deemed the starter just quite yet. He is um, listed as a game-time decision. So we're going to move forward in the fact that he is going to start. Um, And, you know, like I said, Rocky Lombardi, although he was kind of, you know, exited out of East Lansing, if you will, this kid really has um, a great thing going with that Northern Illinois offense. Um, And specifically, A.J., I I think it's large in part due to their offensive line. Uh, That's kind of what jumped out to me as far as this key matchup goes against our defensive line versus their offensive line. 
their offensive line has only let up one sack through the first three games, um, and that is playing an SEC opponent and Vanderbilt. I know they're at the bottom of our tier right now, but still, um, we know how we build our lines and the SEC, and that's quite impressive to me, AJ. Uh, I, I do think it's definitely something to keep our eyes on. Um, you know, as we kind of mentioned in previous AOK podcast episodes, despite our, our defense looking extremely stout through the first three weeks of play, um, you know, there were some initial concerns that we just weren't quite getting home to the quarterback. Uh, you know, I think our linebackers have stepped up that presence as the weeks have gone on, but I think that really is a, a key matchup. Um, just the way that they kind of move their opponents, I wouldn't say they have necessarily a jump-off-the-page explosive offense nor run game for that matter. But, however, last week they did have a pretty explosive play for a run that went for over 50 yards. And, you know, something like that is to, to keep your eyes on. You know, they, their running backs kind of actually have very similar numbers to ours, AJ. They, they don't have, you know – incredible stats thus far just uh, one rusher for 200 yards this far in the season but you know big plays like that that can really uh open up holes as far as if rocky lombardi's back there and um there at quarterback then that's where you know they can open up their playbook a lot more than what we would like to have early on in the game so i think that's you know early and often i would really like to see us get home to rocky lombardi in the backfield, I, I really want to see some pressure created from that, you know, front four. Um, just, you know, we, we've got the home field advantage. We're, we're clearly the better, superior team. Let's prove it often, in my opinion, AJ. I really want that defense to, to come out firing, make it very difficult if Rocky Lombardi is in there. You know, obviously he had a limited week in practice. Uh, that's, that's really our opportunity to just make his night miserable from that very first time he gets the balls in his in hand his hands but uh i i do think that's kind of where i wanted to start it I'm, I'm intrigued to hear your kind of opinion of the that big matchup of rocky lombardi and that offense going up against obviously a very impressive kentucky wildcats defense yeah so you you kind of mentioned it earlier but i i um kind of had a front row seat to uh, a lot of rocky lombardi's play at michigan state um Saw him play a decent amount um, when he was up there in East Lansing. And what I will say about him um, is, you know, tall, good good size for, for a quarterback. Um, he's got a good arm. He can make throws all over the field. Um, and deceptively, he's, he's a pretty good runner. He's pretty mobile as well. So... Um, you know, maybe Michigan State wasn't the greatest place for him. Um, and I'll be very candid here. Uh, just the vibe uh, that I got uh, from, you know, being around there. Um, he seemed very... Um, I thought there was a little bit of an ego thing going on with him. I thought he thought he was a lot better than he actually was. May have not put in the um, effort and all the things that going into being a division one starting quarterback for uh, elite football team. Um, and he found his way out of there. And like Sam mentioned, he has found some success at Northern Illinois. 
<clears throat> so um, what we do need to pay attention to if he is out there on Saturday is the fact that their offense has been efficient so far this year. He can move the ball around the field. Um, and he does have some mobility um, getting out of the pocket. With him being injured, that will be something to monitor, kind of pay attention to as far as how willing will he be as far as trying to extend plays with his legs or getting out of the pocket if he is dealing with, with some discomfort or a p- potential of, I don't want to get hit running out of the pocket, something like that. So we'll have to keep our eye on that as the game unfolds. Um, I kind of mentioned it right there with their offense being efficient efficient. I just wanted to kind of run through a few numbers to paint that picture for you guys a little bit. Um, and I have been excited to watch this matchup between their def- our defense and their offense because to me, um, this is where the strength on strength lies in this game. Um, you've got a very strong defense through through three games for Kentucky, and then you have a very strong offense so far with Northern Illinois. Um, And right now, their offense is a top 25 offense in the country when you factor in running and passing. And um, I kind of mentioned this um, back a few few breakdowns ago, but something that I like to look at when kind of judging the success of an offense or a defense um, is a stat that uh, people like to use. It's called EPA, and that's expected points added. And so right now, as we sit here in week three or going into week four, um, the Northern Illinois offense is ranked number 11th in EPA per pass. So they have been been the 11th most efficient passing team in the entire country. Um, their run game is mediocre. Um nothing to go nuts about uh, but when you factor that in with the with the strong consistent passing game that they've shown through three weeks so far you can see it in the score they've been able to put up almost 30 plus points per game um, even against a Vanderbilt team they scored 28 points weren't able to hold on to that game late with Rocky Lombardi coming down with an injury backup comes in he actually threw two touchdowns so also if he is able to play or if Rocky's not able to play tomorrow uh and the backup goes in um they did have a little success with uh Ethan Hampton is his name Uh, I don't know as much about him as Rocky Lombardi but seemed to be pretty comfortable within the offense when he came in that game not afraid to throw the ball around so um I think regardless of who the quarterback is tomorrow it's not really going to change what they want to do on offense. Um, So that's kind of where they sit on offense and that's been pretty good for them so far. But, but like I said, our strength is our defense as well. And and when you look at our defense so far this year, this has really just been, I mean, it's pretty crazy, man. I mean, we right now, as we sit are ranked ninth nationally, as far as EPA is concerned on defense. And, we have a top 10 pass defense in the country, and we're ranked 46 nationally as far as our run defense goes. And when you combine the two of those, I mean, that equals a lot of success on the defense. We, Sam, our biggest concern 
coming into the season was our secondary. And they have mm-hmm. been the strength of our team. You see some depth there. You see some new faces back there who are making contributions already. You see a guy in Carrington Valentine who has stepped up his game from last year. And you're starting to see the maturation and growth on that side of the ball. And it's showing in the numbers. Have we played a top strength of schedule? No, we haven't. But you can only play the people who are in front of you. And what we've done so far has been quite impressive impressive we haven't allowed a point in six quarters and that's not an easy thing to do in college football okay especially with the way the game is today everything is favored towards the offense and teams are moving in a more offensive direction to see our defense hold up like this and continue to progress and play better game over game I'm really excited to kind of see how they go against this northern Illinois offense I know they have been efficient so far, and they've been able to put up points. So I would really love to see us go out there, have a really strong effort, like Sam said. Get after the quarterback, make him a little uncomfortable. One thing I do know about Rocky Lombardi is he's prone to turn over the ball when you get some pressure on him. So you get some pressure on this kid, force some mistakes, create some turnovers, and uh, I think our defense will put us in a good position uh, to win this football game. Yeah, AJ, I mean, I, I loved how you break that down because it, it is the the good matchup versus the good matchup of this game. Um, strength versus strength, that's for sure. Uh, one thing that I'll add to the breakdown that you gave, obviously, this Kentucky Wildcats defense is they are a top 10 defense in the country, and they actually are one of two teams in the entire country that has not allowed a passing touchdown um, be scored on them this far. So when you're breaking down Rocky Lombardi in the way that Northern Illinois um, tends to run their offense, that is the perfect example of, you know, Ben, don't break. We have to show that, you know, we're, we're ready for the challenge. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to necessarily push us around and run the ball, in my opinion. And that, that all starts in the, the trenches. And although obviously I gave kudos to their offensive line, um, you know, our defensive line is, is long and they're big, they're, they're fast and they're strong. And like I said, they need to get over um, to the quarterback, obviously disrupt him early and often. Like you said, Rocky Lombardi is very prone to make some mistakes under pressure. Um, but I also think I alluded to it earlier, AJ, but that's really going to be high pressure and weigh on our linebackers this week. Um, you know, we've got J.J. Weaver officially out, so a lot of the weight of that is going to come down to, obviously, our stud, Jordan Wright. I really want to see him have a phenomenal game here um, today, as well as, you know, we're going to get some key minutes out of true freshmen, Alex Safari and Keaton Wade. So, you know, they have had productive starts so far first the for the first three weeks, um, but those three in my opinion, AJ, they have the ability to disrupt a game. And I, I want to see that happen early, really just create a uncertainty in what Rocky Lombardi is seeing out of our linebackers. Just, you know, he's he hasn't gone up against quite the, the defense that we've had. And, um, you know, although seeing an SEC opponent last week in Vanderbilt, we have the ability to really trick him Um and that's where I think 
we're going to win the battle, in my opinion. I, I'm I'm going to give them kudos for their offense. I'm, I'm sure they're going to be able to get in the end zone at some point. I, I'm not expecting another shout-out, to be honest, but um, I really do want to set the tone early and, and disrupt his patterns as far as how he thought the game was going to be able to go. Yeah, Sam, I'm glad you brought up the linebackers. Um, I was hoping you did because, yeah, that's something that I personally am going to be paying close attention to during the game. I want to see how those young guys play. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to come in and and play backup and, uh, you know, not as many snaps, but it's, it's something else to be able to go in there and play consistently throughout a game and be relied upon snap after snap. So a big opportunity for those guys to step up, make some plays, and uh, I know Jordan Wright will be out there with them, communicating with them, kind of leading them, and uh, should be a uh, fun side of the ball to watch on Saturday, that's for sure. And I did actually, um, I did have one question for you, Sam, and this is, um, yeah, I'll just get it. I'll just ask you. <laughs> um, so who do you think that, Kentucky will let up a passing touchdown first or Anthony Richardson will throw a passing touchdown first. (laughs) AJ, I saw an ESPN analyst's big board for um, top quarterbacks in the SEC and they still had Bryce Young at one and Anthony Richardson at two. The man has yet to throw a passing touchdown for through three weeks of play. How are, don't yeah. even get me started. It's I I uh, was listening to somebody that I I really trust uh, talk about Anthony Richardson the other day, um, not on national TV or anything like that, but uh, just going through some of the the metrics and and the things that have transpired through the first three games. I mean, you kind of knew he was a below average passer, but I mean, this this guy is bottom of the barrel when it comes to passing in the entire country, and so it's 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 bad through the first three weeks. I you know you never like to see somebody just not play well. I you know, but um, mm-hmm. you know, we'll we'll see what transpires there. I just thought that was a uh, funny little question to ask you, and uh, so yeah. With that being said, we will uh, we'll we'll jump to the other side of the ball. Um, and to me, this is um, a strength versus a weakness um, because Northern Illinois so far, uh, they have not been able to stop much of anything. So I'm interested to see what happens here as well. And uh, Sam, I'll let you start and kind of break down the, the UK offense versus this Northern Illinois defensive unit. Yeah, truthfully, AJ... On paper, and in my opinion, this is probably the weakest defensive opponent that we have gone up against. And I say that because I have high expectations of what I want to see out of this offense in the Kentucky Wildcats this week. You know, Mark Stoops and Rich Gangarello and even Will Levis last week were very disappointed in the way our offense performed. Um, despite obviously having a resounding win against, you know, an inferior opponent. So I'm really looking for them to move the ball 
and specifically the the ironic thing when we break this down for you guys is northern illinois is extremely receptive or yeah receptive to giving up runs and uh I, I think that's ironic because we're trying to get the or excuse me sorry guys they're very receptive to passing they, they've been terrible their secondary is extremely weak um but as Mark Stoops has said, we are trying to get our run game going. So I think it's kind of a rock and a hard place, AJ, where the Kentucky Wildcats, offensively, I wouldn't be surprised if Rich Gangarello's package tomorrow, or today, sorry, has a lot of run first down plays, where we probably would see a little more success if we diverted to, you know, giving it through the air through Will Elvis's arm. Um It'll be interesting to see what kind of package they come out with. Um, you know, this is definitely a get-right game. I know we're not necessarily off. Our offense looks fine. But this is our, our last opportunity to really have this offense get in the right rhythm moving forward for, like you alluded to earlier, AJ, this huge SEC slate that we're about to enter into. Um I would love to see us get going on the ground game, though. I, I really would. Um, between Cavassier Smoke and Lavelle Wright, I want to see them rush for over 100 yards, truthfully. Um, and more specifically, that starts with our, our offensive line. We're going to have a lot of shifts again. I wouldn't be surprised, AJ, if in four weeks we now have our fourth starting lineup at the offensive line position, which I get it. We've got a lot of moving parts. But that's what sticks out to me. Um, we're going to have Kenneth Horsey and Jagger be moved over there on the left side. And as you probably heard last week after that game, that was the one thing that Mark Stoops immediately called out was our performance on the left side of our own line was extremely poor. You know, we're, we're giving up sacks left and right here, and this is our get-right opportunity. we we got to show that we can protect Will Levis, that he can build some confidence, and like you said, dissect that defense early and often in this game. And, and that's how we're going to break them down. I mean, um, to some degree, AJ, I, I wouldn't be surprised also at the same time if we kind of start out with a um, pass first and, and then let the – the passing actually open up some of our ground game. I, I know that's typically not the way you want to have your offense work, um, but just the way with this matchup is presenting itself on paper and from film, that's where our, our big area of opportunity is. And I'd really like to see the Kentucky Wildcats truthfully run the score up on them and just show that we obviously have the superior offense with this very inferior defense that we're about to go up against. Yeah, I think you make some great points there, Sam. And um, yeah, um, I think that, you know, passing to set up the run could be uh, the way to go tomorrow, honestly. Um, kind of open up that defense a little bit. Um, you throw the ball over their head a few times and you carve them up through the air. Uh, they start to worry about that and... Uh, kind of open some of those lanes to start running, kind of take some of that pressure off. Not as many uh, men in the box. Um, can't stack the line as much, that sort of thing. So um, I do I do like that. I do, I do think that that could be something um, 
that the the offense chooses to do tomorrow. If they do, I think they could find some success that way. Um, when you speak about this Northern Illinois defense, you're speaking at a, about a defense that ranks 128th um, in EPA per pass, which is just god-awful. I mean, it's bottom five in the entire NCAA, so they are very susceptible through the air. Um, and then they rank 74th as far as rush defense goes. So, um, again, not great there. So I think they're also vulnerable through the, through the run. So there are definitely some holes on this defense that our offense should be able to exploit. Um, and able to do that, I think that, like you said, it comes down to the offensive line and more, more importantly, I think just blocking in general. And I wanted to bring something up as far as what Mark Stoops touched on this week after the game on his radio show, kind of reiterated it all week, but um, blocking was, was a big theme. And he, he said it, it's not just the offensive line, it's the tight ends and it's the wide receivers. And wide he, receivers. he pointed out a few different occasions in which some of our wide receivers and tight ends missed their assignments and completely did the wrong thing on a play and Will Levis got smoked on those plays and got sacked and bad things happened. And so um, you're kind of seeing some of those negative plays as far as some of the runs getting blown up, the passes, or the, the sacks, um, and that's really limiting our offense because outside of that, we, we've been extremely efficient passing the ball. As far as running the ball, we are outside the top 100 in EPA per rush, and that's not good enough for a Kentucky team. I mean, you're ta- you want to talk about, you know, doing the things that we want to do this year. You cannot be ranked outside the top 100 in rushing when your offense has been built on running the football and your identity has been built on running the football. I understand we haven't had Chris Rodriguez, but this is the game where that number needs to start to climb and through this sec play and towards the end of the year we need to see that number go from 101 and we need to get it down below 50 and we need to be top 50 and i would like to see us even be able to climb higher and i know it might be hard because of some of the games that we have and you know it's going to be harder to climb up those ranks as the season goes on but that needs to continue to rise because we are not going to win against some of the teams that we're going to play on our schedule rushing the ball this ineffectively because it's hindering our offense in in so many ways. Um, once the, once the run game gets going, it's going to open up the passing game. It's going to open up the play action game where we have drilled into you guys about how good Will Levis is when he's able to play with play action and play action is so friendly to a quarterback, you know, and when it works, you get the defense to buy in and it really just opened things up. And, um, also being able to roll out of the pocket move away from the pocket, get away, um, and, and be able to extend plays, use your legs, throw on the run, uh, those sorts of things, which will Levis has been very good at. So, Again, blocking. It's got to start there. Move that into being able to run the ball more effectively. And then I think, you know, realistically, I think Will Levis should have a field day 
to, today. It, it, he should absolutely have a field day against this defense. I think that if we limit the turnovers, do not put the ball in the deck, I want to see a clean game from Will Levis, no interceptions, and I think if we're able to do that, there's no reason why we can't put up 40-plus, potentially 50 points on that defense tomorrow. Yeah, no, absolutely, AJ. And I, I think you bring up some good points. And one thing to kind of remind our listeners and our fan base is for the first time in a long time, um, this is a pass-first offense that we're seeing in the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, typically the last five seasons or so, AJ, we run um, at about a 25 to 30% clip passing play percent versus running play. Uh, the Kentucky Wildcats are ranked in the top 50 for passing percentage as uh, a part of their offense, where we are at 50% of our plays are passing. That's an offense that we're not used to seeing. And when you have an offense like that, you're way more susceptible to longer downage plays because of the way they're getting at our quarterback right now. When you have a tackle for a loss and you're dropping back 50% of the time versus running like we usually do for 75%, it's typically a one yard loss, maybe at the line of scrimmage where right now we're putting ourselves in long downs to go. Um, That's realistically where, like you're saying, AJ, it's vital that we get the running game going. And I really do want to see this offense um, create some opportunities on the ground today and really exploit this, you know, inferior defense. Like you said, I mean, they're you know, ranked seven, in the 70s as far as their rush stop defense goes. So th- this is going to be a good opportunity for us to get the ball rolling on the floor. Um, and, and, you know, this is our last chance. We get, obviously, Chris Rodriguez back week five. This is our last chance to really get these backs going ahead of, obviously, them being limited in how many touches they're going to get. If I'm Cavassier smoke today, I'm saying give me the rock and let me rumble and tumble all over this field because when I get back, I want to make sure that my touches aren't going to be extremely limited because everything's going to Chris Rodriguez. I know that's a selfish way to look at it, but truthfully, that's for the betterment of our team. Chris is going to be having fresh legs, but at the same time, I'm telling you guys, when you get out there and you start getting smoked by linebackers in the SEC and those front five sevens in the SEC, I'm telling you, he's going to need a a lot of touches to go to our other backs in Lavelle Wright and Cavassier Smoke. So um, I'm really looking for an opportunity for them here today to kind of have their best performance yet. Uh, I know, like we said, this defense that we're going up against is way more susceptible through the air. Um, but let's grind it out. Let, let's show that we've got, obviously, a far superior offensive line than their defensive line goes. Let's create some holes and let's get that ball moving. 100% Sam. And just a few quick things that I wanted to touch on that I thought um, – were relevant to the game. Uh, Just one player on their team I wanted to bring up real quick, and that is wide receiver Cole Tucker. Um, He has three touchdowns this year, averages around 90 receiving yards a game, about five receptions a game. So clearly uh, Rocky Lombardi's number one target. Um, So just keep an eye on him. You know, defense, obviously, I'm sure they'll game plan for him and making sure that they have eyes on him and not letting him get loose, but just something to 
pay attention to, kind of watch him out there. He's obviously their biggest playmaker on offense and somebody that could potentially hurt us. So um, let's watch that. Uh, And then another quick thing I wanted to bring up, field position. I think that Kentucky has been great. And I really hadn't dug into the numbers, to be honest with you. And I was just thinking in my head, like, we've done a really good job of field position. And so I, I was curious and had to look it up. And right now, the Kentucky offense starts, on average, at the 36.5-yard line on their drives, which ranks number 10 in the country. So obviously, the special teams, the defense, the punt, the punting, kickoffs, just all of that stuff, it's it's working well for us right now. And we're able to help our offense by being able to start at the 36 and a half yard line on average, which is great. Um, and then as far as opponents, our opponents are starting on average at the 26.4 yard line. So about 10 yards farther back than we start normally. And uh, that ranks 36 nationally. So again, um, above average as far as that's concerned. So I think you see, you've see you seen that transpire throughout the games, and that's also something that has benefited us um, and can continue to throughout the season. I think this is something that um, you know, you're going to get in those games where field position is important and moving the ball might not be um, as easy and points are not at a premium. And so... Uh, <clears throat> That could come into play. I'm not saying it it will necessarily be a determining factor or anything like that, but just something that um, pay paying attention to throughout the course of the season and in this game. And then the last thing I will say, we are playing Northern Illinois. We are focused on Northern Illinois. We are not looking ahead to anything on the horizon. We are not looking ahead to the matchup with Ole Miss next Saturday, okay? We need to go out there and take care of business and do what we need to mo- do, and then we can move on. This is a perfect spot for Kentucky to have a letdown and to make this game a lot more interesting and closer than it has to be. And I want to see the boys buttoned up, and I want to see a sense of urgency. And I think you will see that, and I just, no letdown. This is a perfect spot for that. And so just wanted to throw that out there um, as as far as, you know, that is definitely a factor. And so you expect the boys to be on their P's and Q's and focused and ready to rock and roll. Um, but they're 19 and 20 and 21 year old guys. So you never know, but, um, I expect them to be focused tomorrow, Sam. Absolutely, man. I set on four and oh, that's for sure. But Ahead of uh, a couple of cleanup items as we wrap up, AJ, I do want to get uh, a couple of things answered from you. So who is going to be your MVP for the game, and what is your prediction of the outcome? Okay, so I think um, I'll go with my prediction first, okay? And I think it's going to be a... 42 to 13 victory for the Kentucky Wildcats. I think that their offense is able to, and this is all presuming that Rocky Lombardi plays, mind you. Um, There may be a little bit of a drop-off with the other quarterback. I haven't seen enough, so 
I'm not going to say there's a, a huge drop off, but yeah, I'll say 42 to 13 Kentucky. Um, I think, yeah, it's just, they don't have enough on defense to stop us. I think we move the ball quite well. And then I think our defense is able to, um, kind of slow them down and really, uh, put them in some positions that they're not going to be super comfortable with. I don't think they'll see as much down to down success as they've seen throughout the course of their first three games. Um, some more negative plays that they're not accustomed to. And, uh, I don't think they'll be able to respond in the fashion of being able to put up enough points to hang with us. So <clears throat> that's kind of where I'm going. And then, um, man, MVP, huh? You know, if we're going to be scoring that many points, I'd probably have to go somewhere on the offense. Um, you know, man, I, honestly, um, I think Dane Key is just, I, th I think something about that kid, um, I think he, we're just seeing this kid mature in front of our, in front of our eyes. And I think this is, a, I think this is a game where with, with a suspect secondary, you, you could see him just saying, Hey, I'm here. People around college football, you better know who I am and, uh, that kind of thing. So I could see him having one of those statement games and, uh, Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I like where you're at. I, I think that's kind of where I, I wanted to start. I, I thought I was going to pick Dan Key as my MVP, um, but I am going to shift. And I think my MVP, AJ, uh, against this inferior defense, it kind of has to be, like, I, like you were saying, I think it does need to come from the offense if we're going to put up a, a – a large amount of points. And I really do think that Will Levis goes out there and he has his best game of the year so far. Uh, you know, he's been on the cusp a couple of times, a, a few mistakes, but like we said, I mean, most of these games, he's right there from having 300 plus yards and two or three touchdowns through the air, one rushing and maybe a few picks away from a perfect game. So um, I think this is where he gets it done. I think he has a phenomenal day today um that's going to be my mvp i wouldn't be surprised aj if he throws for you know three or four touchdowns this afternoon um and then as far as my prediction of the outcome of the game i have been battling with this i, I think like you were saying aj i i'm intrigued to say we're going to put up over 40 points to be honest um but i i'm also anticipating that their offense might be able to move the ball a little more, which is going to eat up our opportunities as, as far as how much time of possession Will Levis and that offense is actually going to have. Uh, so I'm going to say that our final score is going to be 38 to 13. I, I do think they get into the end zone. I'm hoping it's not through the air. Uh, I love what Carrington Valentine has done, and I would love to eat my own words as far as maybe him being the MVP and maybe stealing one or two away from uh, – for Rocky Lombardi there, but nevertheless, a resounding win for the Kentucky Wildcats. We're focused on today's game, moving to four and zero. We'll worry about the rest of the opponents when they're staring us down the barrel of that upcoming week. Um, but aside from that, AJ, like we alluded to in last episode for our listeners, there's one more housekeeping item that we got to get to, and that's where AJ tries to put some more cheddar into your guys' pockets. So, AJ, what are your best bets 
of the week four slate of college football. Yeah, so um, had to come up with two this week, and so we we scoured the board. We went high and low, <laughs> East Coast, West Coast, all over the country uh, to find you guys two bets that we thought could cash and get you to the window. And so the first place we're going to go is a little bit off the beaten path. And we have a game that is taking place at the same location that College Game Day was last week. And that's out at Appalachian State. But we are not taking App State. We are going to take their opponent, James Madison. And we're going to take them plus six and a half. And I'm going to tell you why right here. James Madison was not an FBS school last year, okay? This is their first year in the FBS. At the end of last season, they graded out as a middle-tier FBS school, better than 50-plus schools that actually played in the FBS FBS last year. They've come out this year, and they've looked very good. They're extremely well-coached. They have a lot of talent and a lot of experience on that football team. The other side of this is Appalachian State. You play North Carolina in week one in one of the wilder games of the season. You then take out Texas A&M and upset them. Game day then chooses to go to your school the next week where you play Troy. I don't know if any of you guys caught that game, but Appalachian State won on probably the most miracle Hail Hail Mary I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) And so to me, I see a good, well-prepared, well-coached James Madison team that not a lot of people know a lot about. And I think that they're going to show up at App State. And I just think the emotional factor on... Appalachian State side. I don't know how those guys get up and play another tough opponent. It's going to be tough for them, and I could see James Madison hanging around in this game, and I could see them covering this spread, um, potentially, possibly pulling an out- outright upset. Um, so we'll have to we'll have to see. But that is bet number one. It is James Madison plus six and a half, and then our second game we are going to go to the other side of the country late night and we're going to go Oregon State at home plus six against USC and here's the reason for this bet okay I've watched USC play I've been intrigued to see what they would be like this year under Lincoln Riley Um, basically it's Oklahoma in a USC jersey just for your information um They don't play any defense. Their offense can move the ball. Um, Their defense has been aided this year by a lot of turnovers. They're number one in turnover margin, plus 10 in the country. I think a lot of that has to do with some luck. If you watch them play Stanford, Stanford drove the ball down to the goal line, two separate drives in the first quarter, fumbled it both times. Um, That game could have been a lot closer than the final score intended. Uh, their game last week against Fresno State, Fresno State's quarterback gets injured. 
Uh, that game could have been a lot closer than it ended up. I think their defense has a lot of holes on it, and I think they've been very lucky so far. And I think it it gets a little bit exposed this weekend. I think Oregon State has the pieces. They're at home. Uh, the crowd's going to be going nuts. And I think Oregon State has the pieces to, to cover that six-point spread and possibly, again, I think they're, they're a live dog. I think they could potentially win that game if things bounce the right, the right way. So um, we're going to take two underdogs this week. We're going James Madison plus six-and-a-half, and and then we're going to take Oregon State plus six. Um, One other little thing I wanted to touch on as far as the gambling world goes and um i just wanted to bring something up for those of you who like to bet scrolling through FanDuel this afternoon kind of checking out things and i come across the kentucky and northern illinois game and um just so you guys know um at this point right now kentucky is a 26 and a half point favorite uh over under on the game i believe at this point is now 53 and a half um last time i had checked um just just to give you those numbers um but something cool that FanDuel is doing now with college football is they're offering some player props um and there's some player props up for tomorrow for the kentucky game and um i just wanted to touch on a few of them real quick because there is player receiving yards and player receiving touchdowns and they have two players for Kentucky on there uh, one being Tavion Robinson and one being Dane Key so Tavion Robinson's over under for receiving yards is 62 and a half and Dane Key's is 59 and a half and then for receiving touchdowns you can bet on over or under 0.5. So basically, will they catch a touchdown? And Tavion Robinson, plus 120. So he's a little bit of a underdog to score a touchdown. Um, and then Dane Key being minus 125. So if you want to bet $100 on him, you got to lay a little a little juice on that to, if he scores a touchdown. But um, just something I wanted to point out with the, the way the secondary is of... Um, Northern Illinois, um, those yardage and touchdown props don't look all that bad, to be honest with you. Um, Dane Key's been in the end zone quite often so far. Uh, Tavion Robinson hasn't found himself there a little bit or as much, which is why you see that price, uh, the way it is with those two. But the yardage, um, I think that both of them, I mean, Dane Key could get that in one catch. So, um, 59 and a half, you know, I, I I don't know, man. Those seem like pretty good bets to me. I I you're catching my ears. You man. know what you're I mean. Um, That's for sure. And then the one other thing from that game I wanted to touch on um, was Kentucky's total points. And I said something about I think that if they play well, they should be able to score forty plus points. Um, they're over under, so you can bet on the team total points, so just Kentucky's points for the game, and their team total over under is set at 39.5 for tomorrow. So Sportsbook is thinking it's going to be right around there. Um, you know, I'm not running to bet that over, but like I said, if you had some confidence in the fact that um, we can do that, in which I think we're going to be able to move the ball quite efficiently 
um, maybe something that you might want to dabble in as well. Um, just trying to educate you guys a little bit and uh, have a little fun. Uh, I haven't seen these player props out for any of the Kentucky games. I might have missed it for the Florida one, but uh, I haven't seen these out, so I just thought I'd throw this out there and, and have a little fun with it. Um, but hopefully we'll cash these James Madison and Oregon State tickets, and uh, we'll come back next week with another best bet. But, uh, yeah, let's have some fun this weekend. Let's do it, man. 4-0. Here we are at Absolutely, Sam. Well, I appreciate your time, and uh, I think that's going to do it for us today. We'll we'll about wrap things up, unless you had anything else, any fun little things you wanted to throw out there, anything you're paying attention to, anything for the listeners, my friend. Let's just hope that, uh, truthfully, we've got some big SEC matchups. Obviously, the Florida Gators are taking on those disgusting orange Tennessee Vols. Um, in my opinion, AJ, I, I'm slightly rooting for, for Florida here. Um, obviously, Tennessee's out to a hot start. They're undefeated like we are. Uh, I, I think it could be best for SEC play for us in standings if Florida's able to kind of knock them off, especially once we get down the road and we see Tennessee. Um, but, you know, I, I think uh, there's, there's a big slate of SEC play happening. Um, besides us, and I think that's kind of where my eyes are going to be caught for the day. There's not a ton of top 25 matchups, but um, I am intrigued to see kind of how those play out, especially with that Arkansas game. I I think that's another one to watch. Arkansas is on the road at A&M, and that could be another one that shakes out the SEC. So um, definitely two fun games that I'm going to be tuned into for sure. Yes, sir. Another fun and wild day of college football ahead of us. The cats don't kick off till the evening, so we can sit back and enjoy the other games and watch all the drama unfold, and hopefully we won't experience any of that come 7 o'clock at Kroger Field. With that being said, want to remind you guys, please... Go on social media, follow the podcast at the AO Kentucky Pod. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Go on there, like, subscribe, rate us, write us a little something fun. Tell us you love us, tell us you hate us, share it with your friends, all those sorts of good things. You can follow Sam on the Twitter at SamBrad66. You can follow me there at Andrew J. Bradley. Sometimes we hop on the Bird app, tweet some things out. You can also find our episodes there. We'll tweet those out as well. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, Sam, again for your time tonight. Go Cats, and let's move to 4-0. See y'all. There's only one thing left to say. Oh, C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats.